kindness practices and other related practices, as you know. And um, I just want to say to Alex, the pet war is on. (laughs) I'm going to bring in dog references. Um, that probably wasn't very kind. <laughs> That's maybe the opposite. I love all animals equally. <sighs> so, um, Alex was referring, when in his talk today, he was talking about uh, self compassion. Well, he was talking about the inner critic and how we struggle, so many of us struggle with critical voices and that we can learn to really work with those voices. And one of my favorite concepts that, um, that has come along in this territory is the concept of self-compassion. And self-compassion was coined, I mean, obviously it's a word self-compassion, but it was coined as a kind of uh, a concept by uh, Chris Germer, and Kristen Neff, psychologist and a researcher out of University of Texas, uh, uh, Kristen Neff is. And it was, it was thought of in opposition to self-esteem because people are concerned with how much people um, are critical of themselves. I mean, and it's like, it's like on, you know, as Alex was talking about, it's at these kind of like epidemic levels where most people um, are constantly having these voices in their heads saying, I'm not good enough. I'm a, I'm a bad person. I'm going to fail. I don't like what I look like. And it's the kind of thing that if we were, um, if anybody else talked to us the way we talk to ourselves, we would probably not let them get away with it. But we often are quite, quite um, hateful and critical to ourselves. And so it's such a huge situation that people have been working on what are ways to deal with it. And so there was this whole self-esteem movement that got people, um, you know, you know, teaching kids like, good job, good job, oh, you're doing so well. Now they say, don't do that. Don't say good job. You're supposed to, you appreciate them for effort, good effort. Um, or you're supposed to describe what you see. It's a blue sky with a yellow sun instead of, your painting is amazing. But don't worry, in another 20 years, we'll find out that that was wrong (laughs) and there's something else to do. But anyway, um, self-esteem, the movement to bring people self-esteem was resulting in um, people feeling like they needed an external mirror telling them that they're good instead of having it coming from the inside. So self-compassion is not that. Self-compassion is not the idea that you're great, know that you're great, good job, good job. Self-compassion is the idea that we, um, who we are exactly as we are, even with our, even with the, the parts of ourselves we don't quite like or the ways we mess up with our foibles, we're okay anyway. Learning to love this, this, this person with all our warts, all our challenges, that this person as I am is okay. And this is, um, this is really an amazing concept. And when they've done the research looking at self-compassion, 
when they find out people who are, when they look at self-compassionate people and they compare it to people who have lower levels, and there's a whole, like, there's a scale, you can take it, you can, online, you can find out what's my level of self-compassion. But people who, um, who have higher levels of self-compassion have lower anxiety, lower depression, more resiliency, better quality of life. And so there's a lot of nice research showing the benefits of cultivating this quality of self-compassion. So self-compassion, as they define it, and some of you are familiar with, there's a whole program called Mindful Self-Compassion that's quite wonderful. And um, self-compassion is defined as three things. It's mindfulness, it's kindness and it's the recognition of our shared humanity. So it's working with using mindfulness both to have a place to regulate ourselves and also to work with the thoughts. So Alex was talking about when you have a critical voice, you can, I don't know why, but you can acknowledge it as Frank. (laughs) I don't, okay, you can do that. But recognizing when you're having these critical voices, right? And, and so we can be really vigilant. And I just encourage you as part of our training in self-compassion while we're here is just when that voice comes up, oh, you know, I took too much food. That was really bad of me judging. Hi, Frank. <laughs> or whatever you want to say. Hi. Um, so something to just, we want to be on top of it. We really want to be vigilant, but not in a mean way, in a loving way. Just like, oh, there you are again. Okay, there's that voice. So the mindfulness component is so key, and we've talked about it quite a bit, so I'm not going to go into it. And the third component is is the component of recognizing our shared humanity. And I often do an exercise, which I'm not going to do right now, but um, just raise your hand if you've had a hard time, at least at some point during this retreat, raise your hand, look around. I think it's the entire room. Um, We're not that unique in our challenges. We struggle, we all struggle, we all struggle. And the, you know, anybody ever looked, raise your hand if you've ever looked in the mirror and not liked what you saw. Okay, look around. (laughs) Is anybody left out? You know, raise your hand if you've ever failed at something that was important to you. Okay, just look around. Usually I make people stand up, but today, today's the lazy day. <laughs> we just get to raise our hands. But this, is, this, this recognition that we're not the only one is, is actually very, very healing. That we're not the only one who's screwed up has screwed up something that was important to us. We're not the only one who failed at something important. We're not the only one who doesn't like our body for whatever reason. So so that's that second component. I often add another piece that they don't talk about, which is the, the recognition of our own inner goodness. Like most of the time we think we're flawed, but I don't believe that's really the truth of who we are that we're not flawed, that deep down there's something so profoundly good in each of us. And we'll talk more about this as the days go on. But the piece I'm going to focus on, because this is our time to focus on this, is the kindness, it's the the cultivation of self-directed kindness. 
that we can actually change the change our we can kind of change our default setting. So if our default setting is I'm not good enough, I'm inferior, I stink at something, that we can actually change what we return to and can come back come back to a place of love or at least kindness towards ourselves. Remember Carol was saying you don't even have to say love, you can just say kindness, right? And so, so when we do these practices, the practice will cultivate kindness. And it's, um, you know, the science of neuroplasticity tells us that what we practice, we will cultivate, that we can create new neural pathways. And even if we don't think of ourselves as a particularly kind or um, kind person to ourselves, maybe we're kind to everybody else, but hard to be kind to ourselves that can change, that we can develop new pathways. We can rewire our brain. I mean, it's really amazing to think about this. So this practice that we're doing now is the practice of loving kindness or kindness. Alex and, um, and Carol were talking about it in different ways, giving us different doorways into it. And I'm going to just um, kind of take us back to the basics, which some of you are familiar with. But it's a complementary practice to the mindfulness practice. So it's different. You know, some people say, here I am spending the whole day trying to be with what is. And then I show up for this one session and I'm trying to, to say something and, and, and make something happen. And it's because it's a different practice. You're not now doing mindfulness. You're doing a complementary practice, sometimes called cultivation of positive emotions. That's what we're doing here. And it goes hand in hand with the mindfulness. So they really work beautifully together. And you can take the kindness and bring it into your mindfulness practice. So if you're having a lot of aversion or you're, you're angry or you're scared or you're in a lot of pain, you can just bring some loving kindness right in that moment. You can send kindness to that part of your body that's hurting or send kindness to the part of you that's aching, the aching heart. So we mix and match this, this practice, which is fine to do, absolutely. When we do it deliberately, and so we're, doing, we're going to do it now in the spirit of self-compassion, mostly for ourselves, but Carol gave you a taste of the way that you can do it for other people, for all sorts of people, people you love, people you don't know, people you really don't like, people you, um, you know, you can do it for the whole world. So there's a, there's kind of like in the traditional Buddhist teachings of it, it's, there's like a progression where you start with someone you, someone who's, who's a benefactor to you or a teacher, and then you move towards yourself, people you love, people you don't know, people you don't like, and the world. So it's like a, there's a traditional one. And, but I think that we can be really playful and creative with it, that we can send it to whoever we feel drawn to. And it's not mushy, gushy, fake, saccharine love. That is not kind of the, what we're talking about here. This is not paste a smiley face over our experience and pretend everything is fine. This is an authentic connection that we can cultivate that comes from, really from seeing and appreciating the goodness in someone else or in ourselves. 
And, and just, it, it, it's very, very natural. We all experience it. It's not some like high spiritual quality. It's like when you see the goodness in someone, when you see a little kid and you just, you're just your heart open. Alex just showed me pictures of his daughter and I could just feel the kindness rushing in in like two seconds and I've never met her. But I just, you know, she's so cute and amazing and I could just feel it and the kindness was right there and I didn't do anything in particular to make it happen. It was just this natural response to the sweetness, that sweetness in her. So we, we connect with that, that, that the natural capacity we all have to feel connection. We connect to our appreciation, to what we love about someone. And then we, we do different things. So when, when Carol and Alex were doing, their, they, were, they were sort of inviting you to connect with that feeling and just let it grow. One of the traditional ways of doing it is to use phrases like, may you be happy and may you be peaceful. And we'll be doing that tonight. Those work really well for some people. Some people uh, connect more just with the feeling it's not a concept. It's actually, it's a felt sense. We really feel the kindness as we practice. And I'll show you how and why. So we, um, we work with, with the phrases. We might find we have creativity as we do it. So maybe you start to have images or memories or colors or light or something. If that happens and it cultivates the feeling, let it come. As we do it, Alex already talked about this, we run into the places that are really hard to do, to have kindness for. Like we just hit up against those places where it's just, I don't feel love here. And that's part of the practice. So sometimes you do it and you just feel like you're, um, I don't know, like you're just going, may you be happy, may you be peaceful, you know, like a robot or something. (laughs) And that's normal. It's just, it just happens. Sometimes it just, you know, sometimes some of you, and everybody in the room will be different. I think some of them, you were talking about not really liking it when you first did it or not connecting. Some of you will really connect with it and others will go, "Mm, I don't know. But we give it a try. And if it feels rote or artificial, we just keep going with it. And we, we notice what gets in the way. We notice what gets in the way. And it's so amazing to see what kind of, cuts off my heart. You know, what stops me from feeling love for myself, for others, for whomever. So we're going to do it now. And we're going to do it with a focus because we're talking about self-compassion, focus mostly on um, cultivating it for ourselves. And there's different ways to do it, which I'll teach you tonight. Okay. as we settle back um, I just want to remind you that sending kindness to yourself is not selfish sometimes we think that it might seem selfish but it's actually the foundation of our loving practice One of my favorite quotes from 
the feminist theorist Bell Hooks is that she, she says self-love is the foundation of our loving practice. Without it, our other efforts to love fail. So let's settle back and just kind of sense what's happening and we can start with a couple of breaths and reconnecting with our body. And I do encourage you to be comfortable for this practice. It's really hard to generate any feelings of kindness if your body is aching. So taking some breaths, feeling ourselves present here. You might turn your attention to your chest area, to your heart and notice. So what is the quality that's present right now? See if you can let whatever is here be here. And now let's bring to mind someone we love. And so as we do this practice, we use different images and you, you might see, sense, or feel. You might not see, but you might just have a sense or a feeling of this, of a person you love or someone you love. This could be a dear friend. It could be family member, children, babies. And of course, dogs are excellent for this. And I guess cats work too. I'm just joking, cats are great. So bring to mind an animal or a person that when you think of them, you get happy. You think of them, you get happy. It just happens quite quite naturally. And have a sense of this loved one here in front of you just reflect for a moment on what, what you love about them. And as you do that, notice what you start to feel inside. Maybe a feeling of uh, spaciousness or warmth or a little excitement or smile to your lips. And we're gonna offer some phrases and you can repeat these phrases in your head. And you can use my phrases or you might find yourself naturally coming up with your own phrases. But we imagine sort of the kindness coming from us and reaching towards this loved one and we can say, may you be safe and protected. And you might imagine this loved one safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. Just have a sense of them happy, at peace. 
May you be healthy and strong. May you be at ease. Sensing, imagining this person or animal healthy and at ease. Notice how you're feeling inside having said these words. And just repeat them a few more times. May you be safe and protected. Happy and peaceful. May you be joyful and at ease. You can vary it, you can vary it. And if there's something you wanna say to them right now that you'd like to wish for this person or animal, do so now. And just noticing what you're feeling inside as you had said these words, as you've generated this. And like I said, you may have some images or uh, something may, may strike you as some creative expression of it that's absolutely fine. Just noticing how you're feeling and if that kindness feeling is there, really let it be there. If it's not there, you're not feeling it, just pause and breathe and notice what's here. And now let's imagine that this loved one turns around and sends it back to you. See if you can be on the receiving end of their kindness. As they say to you, may you be safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you be at ease. Just imagine that this loved one is sending it and they know you. They know you and they love you so deeply. And see if it's possible, and it may or may not be possible to take in their kindness. And sometimes we can do a a kind of cycle where we imagine taking it in as we inhale and sending it back out as we exhale. You can kind of play with this. May we be safe and protected. May we be free from stress and anxiety. May we be joyful and at ease. And just taking it in and noticing 
Try this for a little bit on your own, breathing in and sending out. And if one feels easier and you want to stick with that, that's fine. I'm going to keep guiding this meditation. So for the deaf people, I just invite you to, we'll pause for a moment to try it. But then I'm going to keep talking. Noticing Noticing how you're feeling, what's happening inside you Noticing if there's a quality of kindness present in whatever form, it may be subtle, it may be strong. Just really feeling and sensing what that is like. And if the kindness is here, let it grow, let it be here. See if you can take in kindness. If it's not here, we can say, for whatever it is I'm feeling right now, may I hold this too with kindness. For whatever it is I'm feeling right now, including nothing at all, may I hold this too with kindness. And so that's one way to practice sending kindness to ourselves is taking it in from someone we love. We can also now begin to imagine that the kindness starts to seep through our body as if our heart begins to expand from its four chambers and out in all the directions through our body, filling us with warmth and kindness, and we can say whatever words we want to say to ourselves, may I be safe and protected. How would it feel to be safe and protected? May I be happy and peaceful 
may I be at ease. And so sending this kindness, is there something you want to say to yourself, to wish for yourself? What do I need right now? May I weather the ups and downs of life with ease. May I know I'll get through this. May I accept myself as I am. And noticing and sensing and imagining this, our heart kind of overflowing or just the kindness coming from within us and spreading. May I be safe and protected. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be joyful and at ease. And breathing and sensing. And it may be that you're drawn to sending kindness to yourself at another point in life. Like when you were a child and perhaps you really needed kindness or at another time in your life. And you can imagine that smaller you here with you And we can say whatever words we want to say. They may be my words or you may find your own words. May you be safe. May I be safe. May we be safe and protected. May I be there for myself. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be joyful and at ease. Really imagining this younger you or this you from a different time embodying these qualities. Notice how that feels. What am I feeling inside as I say these words? And if the kindness is here, just let it be here. Let it soak your body. Let it just like fully, fully come here as best you can. And if it's not here, can we be okay with whatever is here? Nothing happening, maybe even irritation or I don't like this or for whatever it is I'm feeling right now, May I hold this too with kindness. No matter what it is, I can show up for myself. Remember that diamond, I'm showing up for myself. So we'll take the last few minutes in silence. And you can keep going with yourself in any of the ways I just taught, either either, uh, from a loved one to you, through your body, 
or to yourself it's a younger time or a different time. Or if you feel drawn to sending it to anybody, just maybe somebody pops in your head, a friend, a family member, a group of people, you can do so now. So use your own words, you can kind of use those phrases or other, other words, sensing and feeling. We'll just do a couple more minutes in silence.
as we do this practice, this combination of that cultivates self-compassion. So remember, it's the mindfulness to work with the thoughts, the recognition of our shared humanity, the cultivation of this self-directed kindness to really change who, change just our, I say sometimes our default setting and that's what we were practicing. And like I said, sometimes you feel it, sometimes you don't, it's okay. It's, it's a practice that takes time. I think we've talked about that. This is one of my favorite stories. The result of kindness, okay. A man observed a woman in the grocery store with a three-year-old girl in her basket. As they passed the cookie section, the little girl asked for cookies and her mother told her no. The little girl immediately began to whine and fuss and the mother said quietly, now Monica, we have just half the aisles left to go through. Don't be upset, it won't be long now. Soon they came to the candy aisle and the little girl began to shout for candy. When told they couldn't have any, she began to cry. The mother said, there, there, Monica, don't cry, only two more aisles to go and then we'll be checking out. When they got to the checkout stand, the little girl immediately began to clamor for gum and burst into a terrible tantrum upon discovering that she wouldn't get gum. The mother said serenely, Monica, we'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes and then you can go home and have a nice nap. The man followed them out to the parking lot and stopped the woman to compliment her. I couldn't help noticing how patient you were with little Monica, he began. The mother replied, I'm Monica. My little girl is Tammy. (laughs) Okay. It's really possible to shift from the voices that judge us to the voices that are loving and compassionate, and it happens. So I just wanna see, we have a couple of minutes, but I just wanna see if there are any kind of burning questions about doing this practice, because we're introducing a lot of elements here. Is what you just, we spent time on, would you consider that meta or could you define meta? I mean, that's what I've learned meta to be, but could you define that a little bit for us? Okay, so in the, um, in the Buddhist teachings, there's a word called metta, which is typically translated as loving kindness. And there's a practice called metta. And that's what we just did. And we didn't call it metta because I've been teaching it in sort of secular contexts for decades now. And I always call it loving kindness because if I went into like a hospital setting and said we were doing metta, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. But yes, this is metta. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, would you consider this as important <clears throat> as mindfulness? I mean, um, should we be spending time 
working on this in, in our meditations or or stick to the mindfulness or does it depend on the person? Mm. Yeah, that's an important question. So you'll notice 75-80% of the retreat is mindfulness and then we have this period of kindness. So, you know, there are actually retreats here at Spirit Rock where it's reversed and you're doing almost all loving kindness practice. So you can you can really focus on it. You could say, this is what I this is the practice I want to do. And for me, once one period in my meditation, every morning when I meditated for about a, I think it was like a year, I just did the loving kindness practices and actually just for myself because I needed it so badly. Um, while you're here, we're, we're, we're sort of having the primary emphasis on the mindfulness practice and the secondary emphasis on the kindness. But if, you, if, if you're feeling really drawn to the kindness and it just seems like it's really it's something you're getting into and enjoying and benefiting from, or maybe it's helping in some way, I would say feel free to do more of it. Feel free to do more of it. What I don't want you to do is I don't want you to sit down and go, okay, I'm going to do mindfulness. All right, that's boring. I'm going to do kindness. Oh, okay, that's not working. Back to mindfulness, right? You know what I mean? Like you, you just want to be quite deliberate about it, and, um, but feel free to use both practices as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get into the difficult people? Yes. <laughs> I think maybe tomorrow we might give you some neutral and difficult people and see what that's like, because that's a whole, that's the advanced practice. <laughs> but you can do it. Yeah. And then we get to see all the things that come up in relationship to it, for sure. And also, so let's say you're meditating and you're having, you're practicing mindfulness and you're really in your mindfulness and then a person comes up who's a challenging person in your life and you just, you keep thinking how frustrated you are and angry at them. Try a little loving kindness. Bring it right in the moment and see what happens as you, sh- as you send it to them. Because sometimes it's, some, I, I mentioned this earlier, but sometimes we can interweave it in, in very specific moments with like, being clearly aware of what we're doing as part of our mindfulness practice and it's great to do. So um, with the instructions that you just gave, you know, it felt like kind of love is like this wave emanating out to another person, right? We're sending to another person. And in the wave sometimes that, that I'm imagining, I sometimes see some difficult energy, like some kinetic energy or some friction. Um, and it, it feels like maybe there's some past experiences there or something that needs some cleansing. And as soon as there's a little bit of cleansing or, or that kind of, you know, fades, then it feels easier to send loving kindness. So I'm wondering if you'll talk at all about kind of purifying that energy or cleansing that sense of friction or is that later or not at all? Sometimes that happens kind of naturally, like we're, we're, we have a difficult person, they come to mind and we start, or we start feeling uncomfortable or even with a person we love, sometimes we have those feelings too. 
And just by repeating the phrases and holding it with our awareness and with kindness, it's almost like it, um, it kind of begins to get integrated in its own, in, in, in a very natural way. I think um, just getting to know you a little bit, you've done other types of practices that sound like energy practices where you've learned different, um, different approaches and it's totally fine to just apply it a little bit but then come back to what we're doing. Um, it's not exactly what we're teaching here but it, it seems like it's worked for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love learning different uh-huh. approaches. Yeah, so, so learn what we're doing here and, um, and see how you can integrate it to your toolbox that you already have. Okay. Thank you. Maybe right behind you, Kathy. Okay, last one. Yeah. I want to see if we practice loving kindness towards ourselves can we become in a position that we put ourselves first in some instances that might interfere with other people around us? Like we put ourselves first and that would put them in difficult positions? Can that be a possibility? Do you have something in mind? Yeah, for example, some person who needs, um, who is... um, who needs like help of other people to to leave, and for example, their partner is not very happy about the situation. So the person who needs the help of other people is gonna prefers to have those people around them to help her leave. But the partner is not very happy about the presence of those people in their house and in their life. So is isn't that loving kindness for that person who needs help to have those people around, but at the same time kind of selfish because it puts other people in a difficult position? Um, you know, it, this is not like... everything. Things are nuanced and complex and we want to use our best thinking and common sense around around this stuff. So... It's it's hard to dis- it's hard to answer that question because there's probably a lot of pieces I'm not I don't know about or something you know so what I would say is most of us kind of don't feel so great about ourselves right so if we cultivate more kindness we're generally gonna I think we're gonna be in good stead but at the same time we don't want to do it at the expense or in a way that could be harmful to someone else. So we just have to use our common sense here and really keep being authentic and checking in with ourselves around this. So it's, I'm answering in a very vague and general way, but, um, but I think maybe it can, it can apply in this situation. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, so we will have a walking meditation and a and then coming back for the final sitting and you can even bring kindness when you're walking you know may i be happy may i be peaceful may you be happy may you be peaceful you know you can do that too that's fine if you like this slow walking go for it whatever you start to listen to yourself what is needed now okay thank you
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.